time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast. This is the podcast designed to help you thrive no matter what life is throwing you away. You may have noticed I've been on a little bit of a hiatus lately, and, and today I wanted to come back from that. Um, the, the fact is my wife and I have been moving. We moved multi-states away and have had lots of other projects that have been in front of me. And so it, between the moves and all of the other projects I had, it just... I kept shuffling this to the backside, which is kind of one of the things that is the point of our conversation today, because I want to talk about micro quitting. This is where you find yourself not really quitting something, but you keep sabotaging yourself. And and honestly, you know, I was just kind of looking through uh, my feed on my newsreader the other day and I came across this article and I went, oh my gosh, that is a concept that is so important for us to, to look at and to think about. And so I've delved into this project because I recognize there are places in my life where I've done this micro quitting and I bet there are for you too. And the thing is, there are some times that you and I need to quit things. A lot of our capacity for thriving gets caught up and, and, and even subtracted from because we're doing too many things. You know, we live in a world of so much, of so much abundance, of so many opportunities that sometimes we have a hard time saying no. I mean, I, I find it for myself that many times an opportunity will come along and I'll go, oh, I'd love to do that. And I would love to do it. But it's in the way of other things. We only have so much time. We only have so much energy and there's so much we can do. So let me be clear from the outset that I do think that sometimes we quit. Uh, when my kids were young, uh, I had a rule that my parents had for me, and that is that we didn't have to keep doing something that we had started, right? So if I wanted to try a sport and I didn't really like that sport, I didn't have to keep trying it, but I did have to finish the season. And the reason for that, for the most part, was because I was on a team and they were trying to teach me the commitment to the team and the commitment for what I had started. That training helped me a lot when I got to uh, school where, you know, you might not love the class, but you had to have it. This was true for me many times in college. I didn't like what I was studying, but I had to get through it. And so part of what I had to do was decide I was going to make my way through it to get through it. There were other classes that I got into and, and maybe I realized they weren't the class for me or it wasn't the time for that class for me. And I would drop the class. So sometimes we have to kind of push through. And sometimes we have to admit this is not for us. And maybe you've taken up um, a, a hobby or an activity and you, you realize that once you're in it, it really doesn't bring you the satisfaction or interest that you, you wanted. And so you decide to get out of it. Well, that's not really our focus today. That's quitting, right? You can choose to, to get through something and you can choose to quit. And then there are those things where you don't even have to choose to get through them because you love them so much that there's nothing that would keep you from, from going through there. So I'm, I'm actually talking about the places where we have a struggle. There is this other option though, and I think it is much more prevalent. I can see it in my own life. It's much more prevalent in our everyday life where we micro quit. It's not where we actually quit 
but we do little or or don't do little things along the way that that sabotage our eventual success. The article I was reading was about running. And the person was saying, you know, maybe it's your micro quitting that is in the way of of achieving whatever you want with your running. So it wasn't for this article. It wasn't about would you stop running? Would you quit running? That that's an option. But are you failing to get where you want with your running because of your micro quitting? And so the the um, person talked about the fact that maybe you, you know, you're part of a, a running group, which is very common for runners. And, and so uh, one day you decide to, you know, not get up when the alarm goes off and you decide you'll hit the snooze and that you'll go out for a run later on. And when you go out for a run later on, you decide maybe not to go quite at the pace that you would if you were with a group. And maybe you decide not to quite go as far as you would with a group. And maybe you change your route so you don't hit up that really horrible hill like you would with you when you were with a group. And maybe, you know, you don't start off with the stretching or maybe you don't start off with some strength training or maybe you don't do sprints or maybe, you, you, you know, you do different things. And in that process, you've micro-quit. So the first micro quit was you said, oh, instead of getting up, I'll just snooze a little lo- longer and, and I'll take my own run. That was the first one. You failed to meet your goal, that initial goal of getting up and running. And then along the way, when you go out and do the run, you keep micro quitting the goals along the way. Now, how often do you do that for yourself? Because I know I do. You know, I'll be in the middle of exercise and I'm like, well, nobody's going to know if I don't do that next set of push-ups or if I don't do that next uh, stretch or I don't do the next sequence or maybe I don't try quite so hard when I'm doing uh, some interval training. Those are micro-quits. Or I can think back on times in, say, jujitsu, where when it was time to roll, I'd go, you know, I think I'm just going to go roll with this person because that person might be a little bit tough, tougher than I want tonight. So I'm going to go over to this person and be maybe easier and not be quite the challenge. And I remember it many times in writing my book where I would say, okay, you know what, I think I'm only going to write, you know, five days this week instead of the seven that I had decided to do or four days when I'd said I would do five days or when I decided I would write for 45 minutes instead of an hour or maybe I decided that I wouldn't write as many words. And those are ways that we micro quit. And the problem with micro quitting is that it does a number on us psychologically as individuals. Part of what I I think is kind of lacking in this is that we're not holding to our own standard that we set with ourselves, right? Because if you have decided how you're going to do something, if I've decided how I'm going to do something, I've got this goal in mind, I've got an approach in mind, and I've decided I'm going to go in that direction, right? I'm going to follow my plan. And then as I'm walking through my plan, I suddenly start backing down my plan. Well, there's a part of me deep inside that I'm basically saying that I don't believe that I'm going to follow through with myself. In other words, I hurt my own self-trust and self-integrity. You might not think about the fact that you, you know, there's a matter of you trusting yourself, that you have a matter of believing that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. We, we know it with other people, right? Maybe you 
uh, have told someone you're going to do something and you don't follow through and they say, I no longer trust you. I no longer trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Maybe they doubt your integrity. Well, the same is true for ourselves. There's a part of us that are watching. What do we do? How do we do that? Do we follow through with what we say we're going to follow through? In other words, do we violate our own trust? Do we violate our self-trust? Do I believe that I have, I'm going to hold myself to this level of integrity? Or do I realize that I can fudge it? And here's the thing that I've realized. Whenever you do that one time, it's easier the next time. Whenever we cross a barrier, it's easier the next time. When I've talked to, with people who have gotten themselves into uh, legal trouble, they often say, well, you know, I didn't get caught the first time. And this was something I never thought I would do. But once I did it, it was easier the next time. So we're violating our own sense of integrity, right? Our own sense of morality in that. And that begins to weigh on us, makes it easier to do it the next time. And so these micro-quitting is a subtle, almost invisible way where we kind of quit on our goals without actually quitting. And we basically are committing self-sabotage in the process. There are some reasons that I think we do that. I know there are some reasons for myself that I've done that. Uh, one of the reasons is because that helps us to avoid failure. And it avoids failure on the little goals. But what it does is it sets up failure for the big goals, right? So if today I'm avoid, avoiding failure, let's say I, I just don't think I could run as fast as I was planning on running, and, and so I decide not to do that, that micro failure, that micro quit leads to the fail. I, I don't succeed at the goal that I wanted to. Every time I didn't follow through on my writing plans, I had failed on that day's writing plans. And over time, that accumulates until we basically are beginning to undermine the bigger goal. The other thing I think it helps us do is it helps us to avoid discomfort. And I think this is the, the real heart of that. Right. What is my discomfort at jujitsu? Well, maybe somebody would really submit me in a way that you know, w was painful or was embarrassing or was surprising. Uh, maybe they would end up getting me in a position where I really was uncomfortable and couldn't get out of that. There was automatic discomfort. Right. So I'm going to avoid that by going with somebody who maybe it would be an easier match. That is direct to discomfort. But think about it like in a workout. Why would I decide to not do that last set of push-ups? Well, maybe it's time. Maybe I don't have enough time that day to do it. But maybe my muscles are sore and I just don't want to be uncomfortable with that. And, and one of the things that is true is that we usually only make progress with some level of discomfort that pushes us beyond where we are. I also think that these micro-quits help us avoid frustration because we're ducking around it. And in the end, you know, let's say that you're trying to get ready for a race. Let's say that that training, that running was about a marathon that you had in front of you and you had a certain goal for how you would do it. And these micro quits along the way make it far less um, a chance that you're going to actually succeed where you want to. You're not going to come in at the time. The thing about that, though, is in the end, you can say, well, you know, I didn't get that, but I didn't really train as hard as I could have. You, you give yourself an out. It may be that it's just the frustration of being in the midst of something and not being at the level you want 
And you avoid feeling the frustration of that by backing down one level, by not pushing through. The other thing it does is it avoids commitment. In our micro-quitting, maybe it's a plan you have for how to change behaviors in your life or how to have a better relationship or how to be better at work or something else. In that process, you've made a commitment to get to a goal, even if it's a commitment only to yourself. And the micro-quitting allows you to avoid that commitment. It kind of gives you an out from that. And so part of what happens is that in micro-quitting, we end up in some ways partially quitting without quitting. When we quit something, we're making a decision to quit. That word decide, such a powerful word, because it means that you're getting rid of the alternatives. If you think about, um, you know, like a fungicide or insecticide, it's killing the fungus or the insect, right? The side part of decide, it means to kill away. D, to cut, to divide, right? So I'm cutting and killing away the other options. So if I decide to quit something, then I'm done with that goal. When I stay committed to a goal, it's, there's not a decision. It's a process that you keep moving towards. And so when we decide to quit, we actually have to make a decision. You know, there's a decision that we've made. We have to live into a change. But these micro-quits... What they do is they sabotage our efforts, which means we're chipping away at our progress. And quitting is never a decision. It just is the outcome of multiple micro-quits along the way that keep us from getting the goal we want. So all of these processes can keep us from thriving because we do these little micro-quits along the way. How about you? Do micro-quit? I mean, when I read that article, I went, oh, wow, I've done that. I do that. I need to be clear about that. I need to make sure that I don't fall into the trap of micro-quitting. How about you? Are there places when you heard that you go, oh, I do that too in this area? Well, there's some things you could do differently. These are things that I'm working on too. One is that we can re-clarify our goals, when we re-clarify our goals, you may decide that you're not going to pursue that bigger goal that you're micro-quitting on. You may just say, you know what, I'm, I'm done with that. I've decided not to do that. So one idea, one possibility is that you decide to quit. The other is that you decide to continue. You make the decision to continue. Sometimes that decision may be that you go, yes, I want to do that, but I need to lower my goal. I have a friend who has been a very competitive runner who realized he wanted to continue running, but without the pressure of the time and the other elements, he was trying to get to it. He was just wanting to run for the sheer joy of it. That's a different process, less about the goal, and it's, and it's more about you know, staying in the process, but for a different reason. So reclarify our goals might be one step to continue or quit or to lower our aim to decide what we're going to do about that. Number two is to aim for finding comfort in discomfort. I mean, this is one of the things that I've been working on for a while of being more uh, comfortable with discomfort. Uh, years ago, I realized that 
as it was getting colder outside, I always liked the heat. I didn't mind the heat. So the hotter it was, I was okay with that being out in it. But when it started turning cold, I would start griping about the weather as if that was going to do anything to change the weather. And so I began to decide I was going to make peace with being uncomfortable in the cold. In fact, I was going to embrace the cold. And so what I tried to do was to keep wearing uh, less clothing as it got colder to make myself experience the cold and get used to the cold because it turns out our body is very adaptable when it's allowed to be. So I'd spend long times outside uh, with not much um, extra protection from the cold, just basic clothing, no, no coats and, and only light cover-ups. And my goal was to get comfortable with the discomfort. I know people who do this with uh, cold water baths because they want their body to have that challenge of being uncomfortable. Jiu-jitsu for me was, in many ways, a discipline of trying to be more comfortable with the discomfort because you're never in a comfortable position in that in that sport. And so to be more comfortable with the discomfort. When I put out a podcast or a book or an article or a program, the only way it gets out is because I recognize that it's very uncomfortable to put your your stuff out in public. And so we have to get comfortable with that discomfort. People are going to make comments. I get letters of support and letters of people who don't like what I do. And I have to get used to that discomfort in order to make progress on the bigger goals. So we make comfort with our discomfort. Number three, buddy up for accountability. One of the rules of scuba diving when I was teaching scuba diving was to teach people that you had a buddy when you dive. And the reason you have a buddy is to keep each other safe. But in life... The buddy can keep you on track and you can keep your buddy on track. For instance, instead of a running group, maybe you have one person that you commit to showing up to that group. So instead of being a part of a group where if you're not there, you're just not there, there's somebody who is waiting for you specifically, even if it's in a group setting, that one person is expecting you to be there. Or maybe you have uh, somebody that you decide to, to exchange goals with and they you hold each other accountable. That's accountability partners. So we buddy up so that we can kind of he- hold each other accountable with our goals rather than micro-quitting. The other thing you might try are streak sheets. People who talk about habits talk about the fact that we have to build the streak sheets. So let's say that you have a calendar in front of you, whether it's an app or a written calendar, where each day you can make a check when you have accomplished what you're setting out to do. If you're going to exercise each day, you check off when you do that, and you're going for a streak. Many apps now, um, the term is gamify. They gamify the process. And so they can tell you, you know, you've got a two-day or a three-day or a five-day streak going on. And many fitness uh, programs do that. Many uh, health and exercise programs do that where they're saying, oh, you did it. Keep going, right? Because now you've got a 21-day streak. You don't want to break it on the 22nd day. We've got a 45-day streak. You don't want to break it on the 46th day. And in that process, you begin to build in the habits that keep you from just deciding one day, to not follow through. Now, let's be realistic. You and I are going to have times when me, we micro quit. We will. I will. You will. We will micro quit. That said, 
there are ways we can step back and say, do I want to be more committed to some goals and avoid micro quitting on specific things for sure? Maybe there are some things that are really not that important. So we micro quit on some things because that's just human nature. My point is that if we do it too often, we undermine our own thriving. If we make a choice to quit or not to quit, it's much cleaner than the slow chips where it starts to weigh on you, where you you start doubting yourself. You you lose your own sense of self-integrity and self-trust rather than deciding to go ahead and make a step forward. Sometimes we need to leave things behind. Maybe you decide that you need to leave that hobby or that sport or something behind. But we need to do that clearly and cleanly, not by micro-quitting our way, way to failure. So your challenge is to Look at your micro-quitting, just like I am, and decide how we might be able to move forward and avoid the damage done by micro-quitting. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to build your thriving life. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at ThriveologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it.